Hello, dear heart. Welcome to the Flourishing Practitioners Podcast, where we talk all things about space holding, caring for our clients, and succeeding in our businesses. We explore the wisdom from coaches, counselors, and healers. My name's Gabrielle Walker, and I'm so honored that you're here. Let's dive in. Atamadia, good morning, beloveds. A very short opening today. This is a Kurirumere Mere with Jamie Mackey, and we talk about what is Rumirumi. I often get asked this question or to explain more about it, and it's not an easy thing to answer. So I feel like these sorts of discussions are on an ongoing dialogue for us in exploring the full capacity of our consciousnesses and body and heart and mind and spirit and ihi anahi and wehi wairua, uh, modia, all the ways of creation that happen for us and how that weaves with us in this life as well. I'm personally finding this process of podcasting really nourishing so thank you for all being here and co-creating with me. If there is anything in particular you do want to hear about, feel free to send me a message on Insta, the Flourishing Healing Practice Instagram. And yeah, I look forward to hearing from you. Ngamahi, bye. Hi everyone. So today we're going to be diving into the topic of what is Romiromi, which is a Māori healing practice from Aotearoa, New Zealand, that Jamie and I both do. And the reason we chose this topic today is that we will probably refer to it quite a lot in our Kōrero many our discussions that we're having together because it's the practice that drew drew us together and for me it's the practice that I started doing as part of One Declines initially and then led into being a kairahi or guide for it as well teaching Rōmiromi and Mirimiri and at the same time it's also a practice that's really difficult to describe and to explain to people because it is quite experiential in a way and it does differ from person to person with what they feel so it's a process of using deep pressure um, any part of the body hands fingers elbows feet um, and anything in between that you can think of really that channels through with a person and it can be a process of an alignment that's fairly simple um, and maybe it follows a little bit of a sequence or what we practice more commonly, which is more of an aspect of following and speaking with the body and what it needs. Uh, what, how would you describe Puromiromi, Jamie? I think your explanation is really beautiful. I too find it hard to put it into words and it does look really different from person to person. Uh, yeah, the sequence is definitely like something that we follow but also it is very intuitive too and it feels as though depending on the person and also depending on different practitioners each session manifests um, uniquely or for that specific practitioner they may depending on where they are in their life or um, what their vibration is they may work more specifically with certain aspects of what Romi Romi provides too. Mm. Yeah, and something I love about it is that it is never the same each time, even though there are commonalities. You sort of know what to expect in a way um, when you go to a practitioner, but you also don't. Sometimes it could be more talking, sometimes it could be more deep pressure, sometimes it could be softer hands. And the beautiful thing for me that really touched me, I think, on my healing process and journey was that it does connect on the ancestral plane 
and there was something in my body that was just like oh, all of me is being seen my spirit my essence my past lives my ancestral lines instead of maybe one aspect or mm. following a route learning because my my spirit doesn't love that my wairua isn't it, it can feel into that but yeah it, it really enjoyed the aspect of being seen for what was required on that day or what was landing that day how do you feel your understanding of Rominomi has changed over time since you began i think it has grown with my own growth as well so in the beginning it i felt a bit more limited in what I felt it was and I've seen it grow in terms of so many different possibilities and how it flows into pretty much every aspect of your life and I feel the more that I've trusted in Romiromi the more uh, different things I've seen come through as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah I think being a practitioner is a real blessing and a real gift because it's helped me to understand my own life, but also the complexity of everyone else's lives and to know that we have access to this practice that can work through the body to shift some stuff that might be sitting in other areas or other fields or other dimensions or however you see it. So I'm just wondering if we touch on what someone could expect during a session, what would you say? how a session manifests uh, it's an interesting one because it is a co-creation and we are opening up to a co-creation in that we are empowering that person so it's not necessarily like we're handing over to the healer to be healed I think that is a huge point of difference with this modality and also that we may come with things that we're working through or wanting to shift, but at the same time, a, a session will bring through whatever needs to come through. We will feel a variety of emotions depending on to what's coming through and different textures of pain as well. And what pain means to us as individuals will also depend on what we feel or I guess to how our body is responding with those different points and whether we're able to breathe through it, whether we, where we're anchoring into or feeling into within our body as well, whether we are in resistance uh, or whether we are more accepting and in flow with what we're feeling too can really dictate, I feel, the way a session will run whether we're opening in the session or whether we're closing in terms of how much we can shift but also I trust that whatever is shifted in the session is shifted too. Yeah that's really beautiful. I'm thinking about it from a level of how I do it but I know that every practitioner is different so for me a session will look like you arriving and I will normally spend a little bit of time doing cordial medimity so just having a bit of a talk and seeing where you're at, if there's anything in particular you are focusing on. That doesn't always mean that that will arise on the session, but it gives me an understanding of some of the energetics happening in your life and also allows a bit of time to connect in and for us to set an, an intention and maybe for you to feel through talking that where you're at and sometimes that stuff, some of the things you're carrying can shift simply from, from talking. And then after that, uh, you'll get onto the table, usually lying face down, 
um, is how I begin. And that can be done with clothes on or in a massage-like style or mini mini form with underwear still on. And I like that way because I like being able to get a little deeper with oils or rung oil, kawakawa oil into some of the places that, that need to. But also to combine the, the rung or the healing energy of some of the deeper pressure of runganomi and then some of the aspects of mini mini, which is the softer hands form. And it also allows some integration time. As Jay said, it's very important for each person to find their find their energetic within it allowing the dynamics of choice and sovereignty and choosing and receiving to be present it's not that everything comes through at once sometimes I've found that I feel I'm not exactly sure how you'd describe it but that Māori healing is a really powerful practice that sometimes people will see from the outside or hear about someone's experience and think it has to always be like that. And it doesn't mean that the really full-on expressive sessions are the most life-shifting. We shift in different ways internally or externally. Uh, So sometimes it's also a process of our, our mind and our energy and our way of being, learning that whatever shows up on the day is fine. And that can take one or more sessions. It's really changes from person to person. And internally, what you can experience, I guess I can only speak from my own experience of receiving because that's been a huge part of why I believe in this so much. But every single session is so different. And sometimes it is a very, I'm taken to a very specific memory or past knowing of my whakapapa, my lineage, and there's some healing and some shifting done there. Or sometimes it's all over the place. <laughs> and other times it's physical as in I'm mostly in my body and there's a physical aspect. And then other times I'm sort of more out of my body and my body gives over to the session. That changes each time. My very first Rumi session, I don't remember much of, but it was in a group setting. And people reflected back to me that what was happening was quite full on. But for me, I was just really peaceful and felt fine with that. So what you're seeing on the outside isn't always what's being experienced on the inside. And similarly, probably if someone's laying there really calm, that doesn't mean that they're feeling calm on the inside. And so for some people, it is an aspect of more empowerment and energy going in and life-giving, modi being given into the body and then other times it's more of a release process of shifting different kehua kohatu non-sovereign energies or blocks that are sitting in the energy field and that can be on lots of different layers as well so it's it's quite a a it can be philosophically a deep um, system or process but on the simple level it's simply the body wants to release what's stored there and what's no longer serving mm-hmm. Uh, how how did you experience your first session or your receiving of sessions? Mm. Um, to me, I went because there were many synchronicities that drew me to Gabrielle uh, through a friend. And it's always funny how people find you and how that happens. So for me, I was coming for a reason. And I felt really drawn to Māori healing. And once I felt it, I think also being Māori myself, and that doesn't always matter, but it did feel really at home for me. Like something just resonated really, really deeply on a soul level. 
so yeah there was a purpose that I was going and I think the first time I went my body was quite resistant to the, the body pressure uh, and it was more that my body didn't hadn't experienced that before and didn't really know what to do so it felt like to me a bit of an attuning process to understanding how my body wanted to shift energy and knowing that when I was experiencing pain it was momentary and that the power of my breath would help me to move through. It was, to me it was quite amazing to see how transformational it was or transformative it was to my life. So that is something that pretty much like it, it really blew my mind and, and it kept me coming back. It also felt really safe to me. So it felt really grounded uh, and yeah just the the depth of the space that was being held and the capacity to hold was something that yeah it, it allowed my nervous system to to truly regulate in a way that I hadn't experienced before. It's a really beautiful description. <laughs> a few things came to mind when you were talking and yeah, the first was that importance of, I, I found the importance of combining that deep release that can be quite intense with the nervous system regulation and taking a time in whatever way to do that. And the other was that um, one thing that can sometimes be said about Rumi is that it asks us to face our deepest fears and that we don't always know how that's going to happen if it will be in the session or outside of it and part of that is obviously not a good marketing strategy for life you know what I mean it's like we're okay here's a practice that helps you face your biggest fears that you may in a session phase and I think that 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 process of understanding that has over time has brought me a lot of peace with knowing when things are happening and having been able to see the, the turns of life and of energy and the benefit from facing all my fears. Um, I'm sure there's more, <laughs> but from facing fears and the, the, the way that Urumirumi interacts with our life can sometimes feel like it's a bit, not as a practitioner, but as a receiver, it can sometimes feel like it's counterintuitive to how everything we've been taught about life. So we are going deep sometimes past pain thresholds or we are asking energies or bodies to shift in ways that they haven't before but bodies are also able to hold a lot mm. more than we think so it's a lot around working with what we think is possible and then moving with and stretching our capacity mm. in the physical but also in the emotional and spiritual and then but taking the internal work to face fears and so there's a lot happening in the space all at once. Going off what you're saying, the integration process for me, just thinking back to the first few times I received, the integration process was a big part of it as well because there are so many different moving pieces and you are opening yourself up in ways that you're capable of but you didn't know were capable of there does feel like that push and pull a little bit for a while and I feel like it took me a bit to integrate some mm. of that and I feel like that is a part of Rumi Rumi as well is allowing ourselves that space to not always understand all the different aspects and things that are going on within a session but allowing and trusting and 
letting that sort of unfold as well. Mm. Yeah, so agree. I think my first thought I'm going to read probably took a year to integrate if I really truly look at it. Mm. And that in a world where we're sort of trained to for things to happen quickly and rapidly, that can seem a bit like, what? But it, I, I don't regret it at all receiving or offering, but it is something to keep in mind. And also a really good reminder even for now for me, <laughs> you know, that process of we are shifting and on like a cellular level in some ways and on so many energetic levels that how important integration is as part of this process. And I think we don't talk about that enough. So I really love that you added that too. It's, it's, I always like to say to clients when they leave uh, that, you know, drink water, but also if anything is arising, if you're feeling more emotional, just trust that that's leaving because we are asking those things to leave. So Sometimes they come up just to say goodbye. It's yeah. not that they're coming up because they're here again. It's that they're arising out of the ashes to, to be transformed into something else. And um, that, for me, is the essence of it all. As much as like we are releasing, we're activating uh, and shifting a lot of our thoughts and sometimes core beliefs as well about things. So I think that comes into the integration too. It's like... If we're in that space of activation, uh, especially I find more towards the second half of the session, I might feel some of that activation stuff coming through for people. So we're touching things um, and sometimes it, it can be really subtle and then that is the process that flows, that follows. So as much as it's releasing, it's also activating and it's not all... Um, deep dark stuff too it's also like a lot of beauty comes through like I had a client on the weekend afterwards she said she felt really excited after her session and really like oh you know um, and there are those uh, textures of joy and all those beautiful feelings and emotions too that we are shutting down that mm. can come through too yeah yeah I just had another thought to add as well, and that's about the types of releases. So uh, it's the joy that got me thinking about it. But sometimes you'll see, we one of the ways that I release most is by screaming or doing cutting. I just find it's the quickest way to move things. And so we do encourage that because it's a co-creation. You can move your body as you need to. You can sound if you need to, however that shows up. Uh, but often people will think that means like, oh, we're shifting pain. But some some people will release by laughing. Some people will release by peeing if they need to go to the loo. There's all these different ways that we we shift energy. It's not always one way. So some people shake. They, they're aligning themselves on the body. And so that all those things are relevant. And I think that point about it, the, the purpose actually isn't to release pain. The purpose is to activate more joy and more capacity and more flow in our lives. Like that is the actual purpose. Uh, so that's a really good reminder and space I feel for for the energy of what I'm going to need to sit and I, that's why I do it because it creates more my body is able to breathe in new ways that it couldn't breathe before it's like when something does release even if it is a little memory like sometimes the memories are just really fun funny things like oh that time when you know the car the car went down the wrong one way street and my body has stored that memory it's it's these sorts of things that are random you're like oh my, that's in my body obviously there was something a little bit unprocessed there but the fact that then my body can breathe anew 
It's just so life-giving and uplifting and empowering. Thanks so much. Does that feel good? Yeah, awesome. All right, thank you, everyone. Thank you.